0: All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50. That's MADNESS50 to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
1: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you as always. Happy Thanksgiving week to all of you. Good Monday. Hope the weekend worked out well for you. Florida State moves to 11-0, but that's not the big story, of course, as we'll get right into that uh, momentarily. But, uh, man. A lot of mixed emotions coming out of that stadium on Saturday. There's no doubt about that. On the one hand, obviously, you put into perspective that Florida State is in the midst of a 11-0 season, but without question lost their leader and a guy that is very much emblematic of the turnaround here in Tallahassee, the turnaround with this program. He's not the Singular reason, of course, that that happened, but he was a big part of why it happened and also a kid that is adored by his teammates and really the stand base as a whole. He has done all the right things, worked hard, transformed his game, became a leader, and then obviously this team's success on the field that followed Greatly appreciated, and uh, I know Tom and Gene had a chance to talk about it after the game. I know a lot of you had a chance to ruminate on this with your friends and fellow Knowles and family. Uh, all of us have had some times time to, time to kind of process what happened on Saturday night. Um, it's a damn shame, and we wish Jordan Travis well. So you start the show with that. That's obvious. Uh, now, you know, this is football, and injuries happen, and it's a big part of the game. It's a brutal part of the game. It's the reality of the game. And the other part of football that we talk about a lot is that one of the reasons I think we love it is that it's the ultimate team game. It is uh, it is the truth that even if you have a superstar at a position, a high-profile position like quarterback, they have to have the other pieces of the puzzle working together in order for them to have success no matter how talented they are. The offensive line has to block. The receivers have to catch, et cetera. You've heard all these cliches before, but it's true. You have... 21 other teammates as a quarterback. You've got an entire defense, and you've got the other 10 guys with you on offense. And so when one guy goes down, every coach in America says, well, next man up. But it's true, and because the reality of the game is that it's brutal and guys get hurt a lot. Superstars get hurt all the time. We just got done talking about Joe Burrow's gone for the season last week. It happens all the time. And sometimes teams find a way to galvanize, come together and win games in spite of losing an important piece of the puzzle because those other aspects of the team rise up, play better. They're able to lean on, coaches are able to lean on other aspects of what the team does well, and perhaps that comes to light. Tate's not going to be Jordan Travis, but he's not devoid of skill. He's not devoid of talent. And he certainly has a lot of weapons to throw to. So it'll be interesting to see this Saturday on the road in the swamp. Night game, Florida fighting for bowl eligibility, how Florida State comes out, how Florida State plays. I suspect that at the very least on offense, Florida State's going to play pretty well. Pretty well. Now that's partly because that's not a good Florida defense at all. But also Tate's had a lot of experience. He's played a lot of football. He's been in this system forever. So it's a game that you can still go win, you can complete an undefeated regular season, and you can take it on to Charlotte for the ACC championship game, where I suspect you'll be favorites either way, even with Tate Rodemaker as your starting quarterback. Don't know that I can promise much more than that, but frankly, I was saying that about the Jordan Travis-led Florida State Seminoles, about the playoff. So there's still a lot. To accomplish here. You hate it for the young man. There's no getting around that. You absolutely hate it for the young man, but Jordan is a tough kid. He'll handle this well. He's got great perspective on life. He's got a balanced approach to living, and I think he'll rebound and get the most out of what he has to offer to the NFL. We'll see what kind of opportunities present themselves for Jordan, uh, and what he's able to do as he bounces back from what was certainly on Saturday night, a gruesome looking injury. Um, It was, it was also kind of cool to see in a way. I I think this is again, emblematic, as we said before, uh, who Jordan is to see him in his hospital bed, cheering on Brock Glenn's touchdown. That's just kind of why he's beloved by his teammates, because that is 100% who he is. So Florida State's players now, these other players, I would think, uh, have a great responsibility to finish the job here. And, effort to that end. It's going to look different. It's going to be different. There's some aspects of what could maybe happen in the passing game that might look different and be more efficient in some ways. You know What you won't get is that magical moment where a play is broken and there's somebody unabated to the quarterback and Jordan makes him miss and the guy behind him and the guy out to the left as he rolls to his left and then cuts back in and runs 37 yards for a first down. You, you, you won't get that uh, not many players have that. That's what made Jordan truly unique, athletically. But Tate's not a statue. You can run Tate. You can do all those RPOs. He throws the ball exceptionally well down the field. He pushes the ball down the field. He's got a great arm. We've seen moments where he's stepped up huge in, in games where they had to have him. That Louisville game, you had to have him. And he made throw after throw after throw. So I suspect Saturday night in Gainesville he'll play well. You may have some loose moments early, some nerves early. But I think that where you're going to want to look is defensively Florida State got to find a way to get stops against, as it turns out, Florida's backup quarterback. And Graham Mertz was having a good year. He was a good player for them, much better than we all thought he would be. And they move the ball. Florida's able to move the ball. Now, we'll see if they're able to move it with a backup who's had precious little experience. Thrown 12 passes, completed 10 of them in total for his career at Florida. But he's a big kid, 6'2 a half, two twenty. 220, can run. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Andy Staples. I think we're going to run that uh, at some point this week. I don't know if it's today or this week, but uh, we, we absolutely should. And um, it's a good interview. He gives us some insight on that young man max who who's we'll see we'll see what he does the intrigue of the game uh (laughs) was already going to be there because of the rivalry and because of what Florida's fighting to try to accomplish and what Florida State's obviously trying to accomplish but now it takes on a, a, a different sort of there's a different hue that hangs over this uh going into this game and and it's not what we had hoped for but Florida State is still undefeated still won the game convincingly now There are other aspects of this game that we do have to talk about, and you never want to be crass and overlook the most important element, which was that Jordan Travis got hurt and will miss the rest of the season, and that is sad. But the frustration we all felt in that first quarter because this offensive line is trending in the wrong direction, and perhaps Jordan felt he had to run because we couldn't run traditionally against North Alabama. This is problematic. This leads me to believe that that'll be the best Florida's defensive line looks all year against our our offensive line. And that's a group that hasn't been healthy, in fairness to them, but they're not getting better. They're getting worse. And so how does Mike call it with Tate knowing that the elusiveness that Jordan Travis has is not there in the same quantities with Tate Rodemaker? Do they roll him out early? Do they get him running early to keep Florida honest? A lot of questions to answer. It'll be an interesting week. And it all happens on a holiday week, which makes it difficult because people are coming and going and all of that. But uh, there are a lot of things to talk about with this game and the result of this game and where this Florida State team sits. It's just still
0: surreal to me because you know you go through these different markers in the game, in the aftermath of the game, and you forget at times. Like today, we're, we're getting going, and I'm well aware that Jordan Travis is unavailable for the rest of this season, and, oh. and his career with Florida State is over just watched Mike Norvell's press conference, which was, again, emotionally charged this morning at 1130. So I remember. I'm well aware of it. But then we sit here in the studio, and this is the first time we've done a show where these are the talking points. And you're just, is this real? Did that really happen? Uh, And, And yes, it did. And it's terrible. And it sucks. Because what we have talked about for the better part of two and a half months is that when they turn him loose, when Jordan is allowed to run... Without fear of the next game or, or the season at large, wait, do you see what this offense does? It'll look like a, a lot like the fourth quarter of the Duke game. And when you could do that in Charlotte for Louisville, or if you need to this weekend against Florida, I mean, it's just wild to me that his final game against the Florida Gators was his Superman game of his career. Yeah, you know, last yeah, year's last game year, against yes. Florida was Jordan's Superman game. Everything was failing around him, and he found a way. And he led the team to success that night. And now he's going to have to be on crutches on the sidelines, rooting on his team. I'm assuming that he'll be fit for travel, um, but we'll see. But that's his role now. And there are some things that Tate, I think, brings to the table that are naturally different than Jordan. But the verticality to the offense, I yes. think we'll be back in a different way. But you've got to guard against the big mistake. That's the whole thing, the quote-unquote the big miss. you got to guard against that with Tate because the worst thing that can happen to you is he holds on to the ball for too long, and there's a, a turnover with a short field? The swamps going nuts at 7:45 on a Saturday night, and they forgot for a moment in that building that they're five and six, and they're charged because they want to beat us because this is their season for them now. Is beating us and making a bowl, beating a top five Florida State team and making a bowl. So there's a lot you've got to turn the page fast, but it's hard to turn the page. It really is because the immediacy of what Jordan Travis did as the face of the flip. Of what this program is as a player. Mike's the face. I get that. But Jordan started it. Jordan, in a way, has now seen it through and handed it off. But you just wanted more for him. And he won't be able to finish the job in Charlotte. He won't be able to finish the job in the college football playoff.
1: Yeah, and you can't belabor it, though. That's one thing. The team has to move on. It's easy for you and me to talk about it. We should. It's a sports talk show, and we represent in large part uh, some of what the fans are thinking or talking about or want to express. and, And that is... Without question, uh, part of what goes on in sports talk, the debates and also the shared experiences and the observations and all of those things. But as a football team, Florida State is still in position to go to the college football playoff. They're still in position to achieve what their goal was before the season started, which was to have an undefeated regular season and go win the ACC championship. And I dare say Florida State is talented enough and will be favored in both these games, regardless of this devastating injury to Jordan Travis. So you cannot spend too much time thinking about that fateful moment this past Saturday night. I'm not saying you or me. It doesn't matter how long we do it. It matters how long the team does it. And so uh, those guys have to understand, and I think maybe buoyed by Jordan Travis's own statement that he released uh, to finish the job, uh, you may see a pissed off Florida State team here. I mean, you may see a hyper focused, very, very energetic and violent Florida State football team taking out some of their frustrations on a Florida team whom they hate to begin with.
0: I thought it interesting that Mike Norvell said that they're emptying the emotional basket, so to speak, for this game because it's what it it you know it's Florida and and Mike doesn't name Miami or Florida. Um, he doesn't speak their names out loud as programs. But with an ACC championship still to come in Charlotte, you know that he would message out loud on Monday before the press that this is it, man. Everything they've got is this week. I would expect to see an emotionally charged group. I just hope they can keep it under control. Sometimes you go a little overboard with that emotion, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think there is something to the focus level, too, that if you're an offensive lineman here for this program or a receiver, running back, whatever, if I make a mistake here, Jordan's got me. He'll cover up the mistake. you You can't think like that. if if that if you ever allowed the laurels to be rested upon because Jordan's going to clean up the mistake, that is not the case now. You've got to be extra sharp and elevate Tate. You got to work harder to elevate Tate. Jordan could have covered your mistake up. This guy might be able to, but not with the regularity that thirteen could.
1: well, and I would have a hard time if we see anybody on this offensive line not hyper-focused and diligent in their assignment because that is a group that has faded as the year has gone on. They have not been good. They have not gotten better. There's just no way around that. And part of the reason you were down 13 to nothing is that you couldn't just line up and run the ball traditionally. Now, I know there was a fake punt in there and all that, but I'm talking about the offense. Florida State's offense was doing nothing against North Alabama. That's humiliating. And so a big part of that was that offensive line. And if they're not focused, well, good God, man. I mean, just show that tape again. I'm not saying they're the reason Jordan Travis got hurt. That's a fluke accident. It's a freak injury. It happens. It's football. But perhaps the reason he needed to run was because you were down 13 to nothing and could not run traditionally. I mean, he had third and short and couldn't get it. Get stuffed three yards behind. It's ridiculous. And I'm still pissed about it. I'm tired of watching each week with this group getting worse. They haven't been able to run all year long consistently well. It's always second and nine. It's always third and six. It's ridiculous. And this is something that's going to have to get better as we go into next year. Because when you graduate, Mike Norvell has already done, and I have a checklist for new coaches when they take over situations, whether it's ours or anybody else's. So, for example, right now on this checklist, Billy Napier has not passed step one, which Mike has. Can you take something that's bad and make it good? How quickly can you do that, right? We all sit around and watch. How quickly can you come into a bad situation and make it a good situation? Well, Mike Norvell passed with flying colors. It went from bad to good in a hurry. But from good to elite, as in we're playing for national championships, you have to take yet another big step forward. And you have to. And I'm talking about competing to win them. I'm not talking about getting there. I'm talking about competing to win them realistically, being able to line up with a Georgia because you have the personnel to do it. That is going to require a lot more right now from Florida State because that line is not close to doing that. It's not. And that's the next big step. For now, though, complete this year with the goals at hand. Continue the good. Worry about fixing it to get to the elite. Napier hasn't even shown that he can be good yet. They're in the midst of a real problem. I mean, they've got an identity crisis. They're not very good. They've got real issues and question marks about the organization with all the stupid penalties and things that they do on special teams that have cost them dearly a defense that is a sieve. That's not my concern.
0: Fourth and 17.
1: It'll hurt your feelings.
0: That is their concern in Gainesville today.
1: Yeah. Fourth and 17. uh, It's probably not surprising to them. Given what that defense has been this year, I mean, you can give up 16 and win the ball game. You could.
0: You give up 16 and two feet. Yeah, And yeah. And you're six and five, and you're bowl eligible on a Monday. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's toughy. It's toughy. They didn't. They didn't get give up 16. But they if gave you up give 20.
0: up 20, if you give up 17
1: or more, they get a first down and yeah. they keep the ball, and then they go down and kick a game winning field goal, <laughs> and you lose again, just as you did before, and before, and before. And they're kicking themselves because of all the red
0: zone inefficiencies mm. on Missouri sideline. Yeah.
1: Drinkwitz is saying, "How many threes am I
0: going to put up tonight?" But we need one more, guys. Can we get one more? And they could, and they did. And that's why Florida is now five and six, and is staring five and seven in the face. Well, let's hope. And, and that's what you can
1: help them achieve—that yeah. five and seven campaign. Oh, it's Thanksgiving in let's, the spirit of in camaraderie. The spirit of giving, let's give them that final loss. Reach to them. Let's give say, them that seventh L that they're hurling towards as we speak.
0: Take my hand. Walk with me.
1: I'll show you the way to a seventh loss.
0: Walk with me into the valley of seven losses.
1: Yeah, let's hope. And it will require this offensive line to be better than it's been. Because somehow, I just picture us on Saturday night going, can't block Florida either. Which means Mike has to get really creative, and he can. But it's not ideal when you're having to do it with your backup quarterback.
0: Who also, like the starter has a propensity to hold the ball a little long, and he's waiting for something to come open. you got to protect him from himself in that situation on Saturday. That can't happen.
1: Well, their linebackers are ass, so I would attack the middle of the field, first of all, and I'd get the ball out quick. Uh, You've got opportunities that abound here. I have watched this Florida team stink on defense all year. They've gotten progressively worse on defense. You've got opportunities here. Mike can have a good day watching the film last night, today, tomorrow, and dial up any number of things to get the ball out of Tate's hands pretty quickly.
0: I haven't taken a look. Uh, there's not much to take a look at, but uh, the backup situation for Florida, I get that there's an athlete back there yeah. who, can, yeah. who can run. But you know what? The first seven or eight games of the season for Florida State, we saw every single kind of mobile quarterback that you could throw at us, every single variety of a mobile quarterback. So we should be more than well prepared when we take the field on defense. And I would assume, I would hope, that Kalen Deloche is available in this game because he would be quite important to make sure that, you know, when you're dealing with a mobile quarterback – He's the type of guy that you want on the field at linebacker. Because you got to have at least two of them out there, and he better be one of them.
1: It's Jeff Camber, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports
0: is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show
1: is called The The Deal.
0: Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. (laughs) Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Ready War Chat, TV. Influx of new material. <laughs> Sounds like a comedian. Uh, coming your way or a music act. Uh, today's show, yes, obviously we're here. Tomorrow, seminal Headlines, which we're going to record tonight. If you have questions, you saw Ira's prompt, maybe you didn't, please throw them in there. We're going to do it immediately following this show. And then Tom and myself, I think we're doing uh, War Chant Report, and then that interview that I mentioned with Annie Staples. I don't know what else we have, but we have – you know, it's a holiday week, so we're getting some stuff out there to you. And then we're back live for sure on Friday, uh, a live show. You're coming back to town. I'm coming back to town. So all that good stuff.
0: Ira sat down with uh, Kalen DeLoach and Tatum Bethune and their fathers, I believe, as well. Yesterday he went over to the athletic facility to do an interview about – their bond because they come from very different places and they're they represent two different parts of how this program was constructed one organically one through the portal uh, that's a fascinating video piece that'll be up on the site later and the channel later this week and then uh, also an interview with tate rodemaker's father so there's a, a lot of things coming this week uh, on the channel and on uh, our shows it's just that the schedule as you might imagine a little bit strange
1: yeah it gets a little weird um but uh, we'll, we'll have stuff out there for you and uh, look forward to it i hope you guys end up having a great Obviously, Thanksgiving week—it's uh, my favorite time of the year. It's uh, you know one of reflection. It's 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 especially true. It's always true, but it's especially true if we're just talking about this football program, this football team, and everything that's happened now. This unfortunately forces you to to really kind of think about things a little bit about where we've come from in the last few years to where we're going. Uh, the loss of of Jordan Travis. Uh, you know, you didn't need that to put these things in perspective, but it forces you to take a little bit longer to, to process, um, and, you know, that's what I, you, you, could, you, know, you could talk to people on Sunday morning, uh, or even people walking out of that stadium, and it's just this, sort of this pall that was kind of hanging over uh, the program after after a, you know, lopsided win, but Nobody really cared about all of that. Although I did care greatly that we blocked that field goal and took it to the house because that dumbass called timeout and tried to kick a. field Get the hell up out of here with that nonsense. On that play, when the when when the block happens and you're taking it to the house, I was looking for our blockers to look for people to, to behead, like just take people out. What are we doing? Anyhow, that's an aside. I was very happy that that that's happened. An interesting character.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, speaks uh, a that's lot a, of volumes. It's a way to say that. Yeah, you know this is. Um, the Florida game has always mattered to me. It's it's the one. I know when it's going to be. You don't ever have to look on the schedule. Miami changes every year. But um, this is the one that always has had extra for me. But now, with what happened on Saturday, it almost feels like, and I don't mean it in this way, but it almost feels like an exhibition. It feels like something that's to itself and, and part of a different season because you you have Tate starting at quarterback, because there is going to be this extra emotional level to it. Like If, if everything went the way that it should have gone, On Saturday, and we're talking about Jordan's final game against Florida this week. I'm thinking about Florida and I care about that game, and I don't want them to be bowl eligible, but I'm also, I've got an eye towards Charlotte, and I'm thinking about the greater significance of getting a win on Saturday, what it means for your playoff hopes, what it means for where you could fit in the rankings one through four. That's all gone right now. Like, well, I'll focus on Charlotte when we get to Charlotte. I almost feel like I'm heeding what a coach would say, but because of the circumstance, It's all about this thing. This is a singular moment on Saturday. The hell with the repercussions of winning the game and and what comes next with the playoff committee.
1: It's an interesting thing, too, because there are dynamics at play here that cannot be ignored. Some of them have to – now, they can be ignored by the players. One of these can be. So, Mike talked about this, and, you know, he can't concern himself with, like, what is the committee going to do now that Florida State doesn't have Jordan Travis? We know in the NCAA tournament – when they're in basketball, the committee will look at things like a player going down or coming back. You know, so if you lose an All American forward second game of the season and go on to have a mediocre year because your leading scorer and rebounder was out, but he comes back in time for the postseason tournament and they go on a run and that kid looks like he hasn't missed a beat and drops 27 and 12, they'll take into account and maybe seed them higher than what their record indicated in that regular season because they realized that's a significant impact on wins and losses entering the tournament. Same's true if they lose a guy late. And that, you know, you wonder about that with the NCAA committee here, I mean, excuse me, the the playoff committee here, figuring on how you rank Florida State. But I said before this game this weekend, and we talked about it last week, that if Washington won their game on the road against Oregon State, because they were playing a ranked team, a good ranked team at that, and Florida State was playing North Alabama, that Washington was going to jump Florida State either way. If Florida State's at five tomorrow when the committee makes the announcement, it's not because of Jordan Travis's injury. It's because Washington won, and Florida State faced North Alabama, and Washington's resume is currently better. Now, the same thing I said last week, I would say I believe to hold true now. If Florida State wins against Florida and wins against Louisville, they're going to be in the college football playoff. This is not power ratings. These are not power ratings. This is not who you think might win if then. This is your resume this year. Did you take care of business? The answer would be a resounding yes for Florida State if they go undefeated. Big if at this point. We'll see. With Tate Rodemaker having to fill in for Jordan Travis. But it certainly wouldn't surprise. If you. If you're in a dogfight for that fourth spot with a team that has a loss, you're in. Now it could get dicey. If I mean, obviously, if you lose, you're not getting it. Sure, you're not going to get in over the other one loss. They
0: teams. do take injury into account, though. And and Oregon jumped Florida State in 2014 when we were at one point fourth in the rankings with three one-loss teams ahead of us, and we ended up being third but because Oregon was missing their left tackle during that season. <laughs> yes, if yes. you recall, that's how Jeff Long brought it to the public. Yeah, well, now, and it's changed every year. It does change. Yes, the people change within the committee. The committee changes. The points of emphasis change every year. I forget if the turnover is like 20% or 30% of the yeah. committee on a rolling basis, however that works. So the voices in the room are different, but the precedent is clear. The precedent is clear that injuries do influence the way they seed things. Yeah, but, but I don't think— But you're contending that it yeah. wouldn't be strong enough for— a one loss Oregon Conference champion to jump Florida State?
1: No, if we're undefeated conference champions 13 and 0 and they have a loss, I don't think No, now they would would you hop a Michigan who's played one good team and it's this Saturday cuz Penn State's not good.
0: But would you? Would you? I'd argue that Michigan could drop this week, and they should drop this week.
1: Personally, right? But the seven-point win over I put, yeah. put
0: Washington at third, Michigan at fourth. Well, I would have had
1: there. Washington ahead of both Florida State and Michigan already. Yeah. I've already said that. Now I also believe Washington's going to lose when they rematch with Oregon, but it doesn't matter what I believe. Right. The resume at this point. If you're, I, you're
0: talking about the resume, there is no earthly reason that, that Michigan that should is, be ahead. That is correct. Yeah.
1: That is correct. Yeah, I've said that for weeks. That yes. On Saturday. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing with them: I think that they'll probably beat Ohio State somewhat convincingly.
0: But until that time, how about for tomorrow night? Let's yes. reward Michigan for being <laughs> sorry in terms of their scheduling. Reward them for it. And, and that's not a Maryland team that's going to knock down the door of like a an at-large New Year's Six Bowl. They got
1: five wins? Yeah, Come no, they're now. not a great team, no. But I, I would still argue that Florida State, back to us for a moment, will be when they have to be, if they're undefeated, where they need to be. I, I think they will be. I think they'll be in. Um, now... Again, you lose a game, you're out.
0: It's just, I guess my point, I don't know if you share this or not, but this whole season, as it's developed, especially post by, when you go 4-0, you're like, holy cow, okay. Now the, it's time to get with the get And one eye is squarely. The good eye, maybe, because I got one good eye and one bad <laughs> eye. But the good eye is squarely on Florida State. Then that other one is wandering over to the scoreboards, yeah. and you're watching it, and you're looking for relative strength of schedule, seating, all that stuff. While we're kicking ass, while, you know, in the second half or the third or fourth quarter of another game, we're ahead. What's everybody else doing? Yeah. It's going to be hard, even with a couple of opportunities to do so this Saturday. It's going to be hard to focus on anything but this game. Well,
1: and I think that's all you should focus on at this point. I mean, look, would we concede that it's a very tall, Everest-like mountain to climb to win a national championship, having lost Jordan Travis, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves here. You were going to need something special, and that thing that's special about this team is Jordan Travis. Because there are other aspects that are good, but not special. Jordan can be special when he's right and healthy. He's special. You're not so special anymore. I mean, that, you you were gonna you were gonna need that, and you know, come just on now, take care of business. Take care of business. Win this game. Tate I'm can on.
0: elevate himself and his name to the status of one Cardell Jones when it's all uh, said and done. He's the Cardell Jones no. of this
1: decade. <laughs> 100 pounds lighter, sure. I would tell you. 100 pounds more heart. <laughs> <laughs> Cardell did win. I mean, you can't, can't question his heart. Wait till you see what's coming. Oh, okay, well, listen, I like Tate. And I love him a lot as a passer. I think he's a very good yeah. thrower of the football. We've talked about this quite I mean, a bit. You guys were a little shocked by the old velocity this weekend. It's on you. Yeah. It's on you. Tate's got the better arm. He almost killed Jaheim. Catch the ball, man. Catch the ball. And they were high school teammates. Get your head around. Yeah, Jaheim should know. Get your head around.
0: The guy can throw it. Maybe Jaheim's been, you
1: know, they've worked together, obviously, in camp and practice. But maybe he's saying, oh, Tate's got a live fastball. If you're decisive, I mean, if he's decisive and confident, confidence, we do this all the time. And you talk to coaches at the highest levels, they bring up confidence. You don't get recruited to a place like this if you can't play. And, you know, at, when you get your opportunity, do you have a strong belief in what you're doing? Do you trust yourself and your talents and your work and all of the things that you know to be true? He's been here for four years. If he's not ready now, then yeah. obviously, this is the tryout. This is the other element that we don't like to talk about, but here it is. This is the tryout.
0: Yeah, uh, that was part of last week's North Alabama talking points. Was, hey, how about that spring next year and what that battle's going to look like? Uh, yeah, the program is now Tate's to lose. Well, but you have the reins. This is your chance to. For- if you play really well.
1: Yeah, you'll go into the offseason as the guy. Brock is not going to be held back. This is going to be a war. That'll be a fun. Situation to watch develop.
0: He's a natural at running the read option. Well, he's
1: he? also a stud. He's a stud. He's a physical stud. He's decisive. He's got a cannon. He's big. He, yes.
0: He's not afraid to wait. Now, it's
1: not quite Wake Forest mesh, but he
0: will wait mm-hmm. and make Mom, a decision.
1: Um, he's a good player, buddy. He's yeah. a really good player. That battle between he and Cromin Hawk and all that, I mean, man, that's going to be a something. They got some things coming down the pike. Got to get this offensive line right, though.
0: I don't know if you saw it on the CW replay uh, of the game. Uh in between all of the uh replays of Jordan's injury that they must have showed 175 times, times. Huh? Did you hear uh old uh the Florida Gator in the booth when when uh Brock cut it loose to Vandravius? The throw over the middle of the field? As it's happening, he goes, Ooh, <laughs> as it's in the air.
1: <laughs> but see, that's somebody who balled and then gets it. Yeah, You're like, ooh, oh man, that's man. that's a little different right there. Okay. Yeah. Now we have seen it. We've also well, seen him make decisions, definitive decisions, and fire the ball in the middle of the chest of the other team. Yeah. So this is
0: – Oh, and he's one play away. That's the other thing. You're like, oof. You know, I, I really – I look forward to the spring. Let's not put him in this position this weekend because now if you're Brock, you are one play away from going in, in the swamp.
1: I feel like he'd handle it all right. It's Jeff Cameron ninety 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. You know, this is, I had some people reach out over the weekend and say that this is similar to a situation we had in the not-so-distant past, but it's not. It's not. This is not the same as the very famous, Sean McGuire needs our help. Now, as I profess to the world at that time, Sean McGuire needed our help. This is not that. Florida State's in a a situation where I think they have a bit more experience coming off the bench at quarterback and a bit more talent coming off the bench at quarterback than when I proclaimed for all of us that Sean McGuire needs our help. This is not that. Uh Tate will get the help he needs from, I think, an inspired group. I do believe that's true. I, I, I was asked by Andy Staples my thoughts on how Tate will play and how they'll look in this game on the road against Florida, and I said, I think they'll be galvanized. I, I think a lot of time, we've all been in situations like this where somebody needed us, somebody we care about deeply, Uh, is in some way compromised, whether it be injury or sickness or whatever it might be, and you feel a sense of responsibility to that person whom you respect, love, and have gone to work with. And that could be in your job at your office or that could be on a football field. But football is an emotional game. It's a physical game. It's a game that features an awful lot in the way of adversity uh, and emotion. And And I think that these kids will rally around uh, really, the program's ideals, the, the the head coach, the things that have been instilled from the jump in this turnaround, but also Ronte Rodemaker, who's well-liked by his teammates. He's a goofball. He's a funny kid. Uh, and he's also a guy that has talent. Now, you know, when you see that look, uh, that faraway look in a player's eyes when a starter goes down, generally speaking, at quarterback... That look from the other teammates is the look of we're screwed now because this guy can't play, meaning the backup. So, like, when Aaron Rodgers went down, the Jets knew their fate. They knew that Zach Wilson can't play. We're effed. This is not good. And there are plenty of teams around college football and pro football that you see when the starting quarterback goes down. They have that, man, this ain't going to be good this guy can't play, you know, that, but that's not the, I don't think that's the feeling at all around this program with Tate. Rod- that My concern, my greater concern, me personally, wouldn't be with Tate Rodemaker. It would be again with this offensive line and their wild inconsistency and their inability to block it up in the tradition to run the football. They don't, they don't do it. They don't do it. So that's my greater concern. If you want somebody to rally, you need that group to get off their ass and do something because they have cost us and it's looked and we've overcome it there have been numerous games where you don't think about it you don't ponder it as long and or for as long as you normally would after a loss because we found ways to win but that's been the disappointing element of this football team is that offensive line and if Florida State gets a good performance from that group up front they will beat Florida If the starting five offensive linemen play well, Florida State will beat Florida Saturday night. And they may do so convincingly.
0: It'll be sound if they play well. If they play
1: well. That is actually the bigger question. People don't want to say that, but it's true. You lose Jordan Travis, sucks. I hate it. Love J-Trav. We all do. Everybody understands that's a devastating loss. But in truth... That offensive line is the bigger question mark because you have weapons in place to attack this defense, which hasn't been good. And you have a quarterback that's been in the system for four years. And you have a quarterback that's played in big moments and made big throws. He's done it on the road. At night, like he did against Louisville, he's gotten a lot of reps in this offense. He knows it, like the back of his hand. He's not going in, you know, unsure of the playbook. That happens sometimes when you have to throw a true freshman out there or a redshirt freshman out there, and they've never started a game. That's not this kid. He's been here forever. He knows Mike's offense very well. He's played in big moments. He's got ability. He's surrounded by talent. It's the offensive line.
0: Yeah, I think you might have the faraway look in everybody's eyes had Louisville not happen last year, you know, because the circumstances of that weren't, okay, go on in there, Tate. we got a 10-point lead no. and hold on for dear life. We were losing. Well, and then he threw a pick right off the bat and you he went, did. okay. So there might have been those looks in the locker room at halftime, but we came out yeah. and – he established it very quickly with both his arm and his legs and his legs. There was a big third down scramble for well, the Tate run for 15
1: game. yards. He's an athlete. He's not yeah. a bad athlete. That is the other thing. It's not. Now, listen, nobody's Jordan Travis, but he's a good athlete. Tate's a good athlete.
0: But if you're one of those offensive linemen who's been here forever, or Trey Benson or Johnny Wilson or Mark Houston, you can, you know, go over to Keon and say, no, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I, I watched this kid last year. We played with him. We were losing. And we won because he made big-time throws. Like, if I'm Johnny, I might be a little excited because he was, you know, Tate's security blanket that night. Underneath, over the top, in the red zone, it was Tate to Johnny, Tate to Johnny, Tate to Johnny. And he also found early in this game on Saturday night, Jaheim Bell. Now, I think Johnny might have been wide open over the middle, but the first place he looked was Jaheim up the sideline. There was a breakdown. He was wide open. He hits him down the field vertically. There could be more verticality to this offense. I I keep coming back to that. And for the line, they're much better in pass protection than they are run blocking. My question would be, if you're Florida, do you bring pressures against Tate, or do you sit back and hope that he throws it right into your chest? I wonder how defensively they will approach this, because I could see it both ways, where we'll turn guys loose when they bring more than four or five, and we don't communicate all that well. But then also, does that give Tate an easier read because he knows that there's pressure, and so therefore he's just going to get the ball out of his hands. Do you sit back and see if he makes the big mistake? I, I wonder.
1: Mike will dictate terms here with the way that he calls the game and, and how quickly he gets the ball out. He'll he'll warm Tate up. He's not going to ask him to run the whole offense to start this game. It's going to be some some, you know, you talk about the script to start a football game. Mike does a good job with that traditionally, and I think when he knows he has to, if we're up against it, with a defense that, you know, he's worried about if he doesn't think the offensive line can block it up. He'll have something in place here to allow Tate to have some early success. Wouldn't be surprised if one of those things is running him early. Uh I would definitely do that. You gotta
0: show it right away. Get him
1: in the game. Let him know. You wanna you wanna, you know, you want a defense to have to play you honest and be back on their heels a little bit, run him. I mean, you can imagine Florida's going to be overzealous. They're going to – the charge in that place on Saturday night – now listen, we can say whatever we want about the University of Florida, and we do. But it's not like that's not a tough place to play. It is.
0: With their fake crowd noise and all.
1: It's loud as hell. They'll be packed. All those things, okay? Those players who are desperate, right, will probably play – with a high level of intensity early, hoping to make a play, hoping to reward the crowd's energy, hoping to get started in a way that gives them hope, because Lord knows they've lost a lot of games this year, Tom. So they've got to latch on to some hope, and early success can somehow do that, and you charge the crowd. What am I getting at? Well, over-pursuit is what I'm getting at. And I think Mike will have him go inside to side some, you know, the screen game is not foreign to Mike, uh, you, you can make Florida have to play you honest by the way you call this game early. Getting Tate to run the ball, which changes the math, getting the ball out quickly, which will cool Florida off a little bit and their aggressiveness on defense. Now you can kind of start to call the game you want to when you get them backed out of that box.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing is, you know, we talk about how Mike is an excellent play caller because at times he sets things up for weeks. And there might be something that he shows against Clemson that he's not ready to break out the, what comes off of that until Duke or until Miami. But he knows exactly what he's put on film because there's there's a wrinkle behind it. I don't think he's thinking like that this week. It's whatever we need to do yeah. to even get to the next week. And if we get there and we're 12-0, and 0, we'll worry about that then.
1: Well, and, and then one of the reasons that you can empty the emotional basket even before you play in your conference championship game is because that will serve as the energy infusion you need anyhow. So... Getting past Florida by hook or by crook or whatever you got to do, you show everything you've got. I mean, there's not much new under the sun at this point in the season anyhow. It's not like Braum isn't a good coach. He knows what Mike does, and Mike knows what he does. It's all on tape now. I mean, his years at Purdue, his time now at Louisville this year, Mike the same thing, his time at Memphis, his time here. These coaches know who they are the situation will dictate that you find a way to get back up emotionally. If you win this game and you empty the tank, when you charge out onto that field in Charlotte for a conference championship game, and you're one game away from finishing the job. And Jordan Travis himself had just said, not finished. They're not done. Let's go finish the job. They're going to feel that they will get the emotional push they need in that situation. So I I would, I I agree with him. I would go all in whatever you got to do to make it happen. If you have to, Reveal some things you didn't want to reveal, that you were maybe saving for a playoff run. Look, man, it's not likely you're going to win the national championship. So get these two wins.
0: Cardale Jones the second might be in our backyard here. But the thing we're all hoping for this week, yeah, you're right, It's first things first, when you're really great and dominant, First things first can mean a lot of different things, but for now, yeah, just when you're limited, because look, Maurice Smith's hurt too. He came out of the game. And of course he is. Renardo had his arm in a sling on the sidelines in the second half, which uh, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about. This. The injury luck this year has been awful. It's been awful. And that's before Jordan went down. You know, you're, it's great that you got eight guys. You think you can win with the offensive line. Well, one of them, it's been seven all year, because one of them just hasn't hasn't played basically. I said played.
1: five weeks ago to you that I was done waiting on him. I mean it's over. I mean Ooh. that left tackle, I'm done.
0: I'd wait on him if he could play in the playoff. I mean, I mean you know, uh, it'd be great. Get him back.
1: No reason to think that he's going to. No, no reason.
0: But basically, you've been operating between six and seven offensive linemen any given week, and they get banged up in general. Uh, the receivers, obviously, there was a game where they were all gone. He had a flu game. Uh, DeLoach has been battling, and clearly he wasn't able to go. And that's to say nothing of Jordan. So, the injury luck has been rotten. It's been rotten. But what we're all hoping is you put all of the things out there you need to put out there that we get the photo op where Jordan is holding the Gator head on the sidelines next, you know, this Saturday <laughs> in the swamp. He's the one that gets to break that out. Come on, man. That would be a moment because Jordan told you in July, he's told a lot of people mm-hmm. it all started for him to get into the headspace in the of how to flip game. this thing yeah. two years ago in Gainesville.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it did, and, and they didn't handle themselves well the last time they were down there.
0: No, they, they got baited in the they pregame. They got
1: baited in the pregame, they were overly emotional, and this is an emotionally charged situation, but I think it's a more mature team, a more experienced team, and one that has not a, a, a lack of certainty. They, they didn't have, get it,
0: yes, Miami tried, and they did not bite on what bite. Miami was trying to do. Oh, no, the
1: one kid from Miami tried every play. He's ripping a chain off. He's kicking people in the head. He's put, you know, all kinds of stuff, and we didn't fall for it. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's all of that and
0: stuff. the officials didn't see it.
1: Oh, I guess not. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV.